0: So quickly, the Constitution, the last chapter. Those of you who wish to be transferring your church membership, who wish to be baptized and become a member, please get a copy of the constitution from me. Alright, so please get it from me as soon as possible. Because you have to know it. You have to subscribe to it fully. Now, quickly, what is the constitution? What it is what is it for? Because Very few churches Like to talk about constitution Most churches avoid it Please turn to page 228 In the old book The purpose of the constitution So The constitution What does it do? It highlights the doctrinal position And administration of the church So remember that table that I drew Please have this clear in your mind Members Those of you who have been members For some time know. Why we have the constitution? Know why it is important to you. So number one, it highlights the doctrinal position, doctrines of the church and its administration, its practices, especially in how the church is ruled and run. Okay, what is the um, key purpose of that? So the church distinctives. That there is the thing, distinctives are clear to visitors. You want to visit this church. You want to worship in this church. At least you have a constitution to know what we believe in, what we practice. All right. So for believers uh, for members as well. It is something that makes you clear about the distinctives. If you're not clear, it's very difficult to worship in unity of heart. So number one. Then the next point. Please look. Point number two now it is a rule book a rule book in which the roles and responsibilities of elders deacons and members are made known so roles and responsibilities and a rule book all right is made clear so when you go through the constitution you will see very clearly the role of the elders the pastor the the members the session the deacons all clearly stated. So, when we work in the church together, there is no, no um, nothing is unclear about how we function. All right. And also to understand that through all this, it brings unity. All right. Brings unity. So, the purpose it achieves is to maintain unity and harmony people know each other's role as an individual worshipper what are what are expected of you also make clear so you don't join a church and say but but I'm not going to do that I'm not going to obey that why are you chasing me on this thing what do you expect me to live like that all right so roles and responsibility if you become a member and the church tells you live like that do this Say, why must I? Because you chose to be part of this church And you took an oath That you believe That those are my duties As a church and as a church member of this church Those are my duties Right, same for the elders, same for the deacons None is exempt None is exempt Now because of that You look at point number three It will ensure That There is Clear guidelines and discipline. So when it comes to discipline, ah suddenly you realize people don't like constitution because constitution spells out when anyone, whether it's the church leader or the church member, refuse refuse to submit to the constitution, then Submit to the word of God, then discipline can can happen. Discipline can happen, all right. So it's stated there as well. Now the exact exact um, um, role and how it is done for discipline, the criteria are also spelled out. So because of that, what does it achieve? It achieves impartiality. All right, it achieves impartiality. In other words, the leader down to the ordinary members No one can will be treated differently Everyone will be treated according to what is stated in the constitution No elder, no pastor can say, oh, this don't apply to me No, impartiality is ensured because of constitution Because it is clear, all right? Just like a country, the rule is the rule the government, the prime minister, the president cannot say, I'm not subject to these rules. So everyone is subject to the same guidelines. So you look at a BBK book, partiality is avoided at all costs. So it's very good. Constitution is a very, very good thing. What the church believes, how it is run, what are our individual responsibilities, and how we will be dealt with all spelt out in black and white and these are the benefits these are all the benefits these are the benefits now if you look overall point number five right point number five now shall we read together point number five I think it is a very well written um, point let's read together the constitution is meant to assist and regulate the behavior of every member in the church as we serve together there will be differences of opinions including misunderstandings the constitution will ensure the roles and functions of members are regulated graciously enabling all to coexist in love harmony and peace and to cooperate with one another in serving the lord with unity of heart mind Doctrine and purpose Remember last week when we started this session Or the previous week, last week I asked us to read Amos 3.3 Right? Amos 3.3 How can two walk together unless they be agreed? Just two, you know, the Bible says You know, when it's 100 over, 200 over members How can 200 people walk together? unless there be agreed agreement means there is a basis upon which we agree on things right the bible will always supersede constitution the bible will always be what we must agree on but as an organization the constitution which must be subject to the bible which must be biblical will be the other basis upon which we serve together So all this, we we serve together, we cooperate together in unity of heart, mind, and efforts. Because I may have my preferences, you may have your preferences, but based on the Constitution, these are our practices. As a member, I will work with you on that. Alright, so very important. I give you just one example. When we were taking in church membership at one time, there was a big argument. The person does not believe in certain of our church doctrines, which are spelled clearly in the Constitution as well as in BBK. A church leader says, No, I want this person to join. I say, On what basis? On the basis that he is a nice person, on the basis that his family is here, if we don't let him join, he will take his family elsewhere. Now he has his basis. I have my basis. My basis is based on constitution. My basis is based upon the word of God. So who is supposed to give in? Who? Who do you think? Obviously, the person who administers the constitution and the word of God it doesn't matter what you think all right so then when we are serving we have a common basis to agree on things all right it ensures harmony it ensures peace it ensures commonality of purpose okay so this now the question is what are some of the key things now the constitution those of you who intend to be members transferring membership in um in baptism and so on. Please get a copy from me and read it. Don't understand? Ask me. But I want to highlight a few things to make sure you understand. All right. Now, if you turn to the contents of the constitution, page two to seven, or in your new book, I'm sorry, I forget to I forgot to put in which page that was. Now, the outline of the constitution. The outline of the constitution. There are a few things that I want to highlight. I should have told you to bring your constitution. But I'll read it to you. Now, if you look at Chapter Point Seven Point Eight in the constitution, it tells you, it tells you your role as a member. I'm just highlighting some key things. All right, please read it yourself. But I want to make sure you understand these things. Otherwise, it will affect us serving together, cooperating together. And unity of heart and mind and purpose. 7.8 tells us all members, that's you, and you take an oath to say yes, I subscribe to this. All members shall meet regularly for public worship of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and shall maintain family and personal devotion. Did you know that, fathers? Husbands, did you know that? When you joined church membership, you took an oath, fathers, husbands. That I believe, I believe that I must keep my personal, not just my personal, but I will maintain family devotion. So when the pastor says, Husbands, are you doing family devotion? Are you doing are you having um a family um, altar? Are you you cannot say Pastor? Can you don't be such a busybody? Leave me alone. You know, I'm too busy Don't insist on these things No, when you swore to be a member As a father, as a husband You swore that that is what you do And the church will have to make sure you maintain that Which is why I've said this many times In the past Fathers who do not do family devotion Fathers who do not lead in family worship Are subjectable to church discipline do you know that? That is what it is in the past. I think today if you do that, many families can take Holy Communion. That is how serious it is. Why? Because family devotion is fulfilling God's command and demand on the Father to lead the home spiritually. So children, if your family leads, if your father leads family devotion, you cannot say, I don't want to be part of it. If you're a member of the church you say yes i believe in that now somehow what about your personal quiet time we train the children in holiday bible program to do personal quiet time because it is something that the church believes god commands and demands it so you have a list of uh, bible verses there now believing parents 7.8 believing parents shall ende- endeavor to bring up their children in the fear of the lord and to lead them into a saving knowledge of the Lord by regular instruction of the word, again, there's expectation. Men, maybe you're looking for a wife. What are ladies? Maybe you're, you are thinking about entering into a courtship. As members of this church, do you know that is the requirement upon what a spouse should be? Your personal quiet time also. Alright, so some of these things, just your personal walk, to be present at worship. To the present at the study of God's word So all this When you choose to join BPCWA You are saying, I believe And I will be part of it This is one of the things I highlight During church membership transfers I will ask, do you commit Because on that day you will swear Do you commit that you will be part Of the regular worship And study And fellowship of God's people In the church That is committing to membership Okay so understand that of course in terms of the practices we made it clear we've covered a whole chapter on it this is a presbyterian system so please revise that now another thing onto highlight is this 7.9 weddings i'm just highlighting some things ah huh? make sure you understand the whole constitution but there are many things in the in this area that other churches may not agree on and maybe in your heart as a member for a long time you don't now weddings The church will solemnise marriages Between born again believers The groom must be a So if one of them Is not a born again believer We will not solemnise the, 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 the marriage Please know that Don't come one day and say Pastor, I want to marry this unbeliever Please solemnise our marriage The church will not do that Understand this practice Actually, Elaine Why, why shouldn't we do that? So unloving Someone recently actually told another family who has left Something along the line of This church don't marry people Or they choose who they will marry It's in the constitution How can a member say that? So Elaine, why should the church say We will only solemnize marriages between born again believers? What happens if we marry an unbeliever with a believer? <laughs> say again It's unequal yoke And God commands we cannot And God commands that we only Marry in the Lord So the church cannot go against God's word, right? Now, understand this also As a member If one day your child wants to get married To an unbeliever And you come Pastor, can you please marry my child? You know, after all these years of serving in church Giving money to the church Please marry my child to this other person And you're a member you cannot expect the church to do that So understand that And if the church don't do that And you are a friend of this family You're a friend of this family Please don't get angry at the church There are situations in churches Where the church say No, we will not marry Unbeliever with a believer We will not let our church premises out For that purpose as well Oh, you don't conduct, never mind, just let us use the church facilities. No. We are condoning sin. And you are a family friend. Please don't get angry at the church. Sometimes friendship blur your judgment. And you get angry at church. Ah, this church is so extreme. This church is so strict. Familiar words. And families have left this church and make comments to others. This church is too extreme. Yeah, you know, marriage, so unkind. Don't marry certain people. If we are in our hearts clear that one is not a believer, we will not do that. Alright, so practices. I just want you to be clear. There are churches that are that are actually split on this. Please know this. There are sessions that are split on this. Where session members say, just marry them, what's wrong with you? When I first came, when I was not the pastor, someone actually said this before you came, we marry anybody. When you come, you have all these rules I say, it is in your constitution You are a church member How can you say it's my rule? You see, when you do not know a constitution You do not subscribe to it There is no cooperation There is just fightings. Now, next one that I want to highlight is this Burials, burials Funerals The normal practice of the church Is to bury The dead Not cremation So this church practices burial Christian funeral is to be conducted Only for born again believers Two parts Number one If it is So if you want to be a member of this church Please know We will only conduct your funeral to the point where the service is over, we will not conduct the cremation. We will leave. As a church member, if you are a church member, you cannot say, oh, you know the church is very unloving, the family wants cremation, or the member made it clear before he or she died, they want he or she wants cremation. You can want. But that is in our constitution. This is our beliefs. So you're scrib- subscribing to a belief and a practice. The belief is in the Bible. Only unbelievers. Only judgment of God is the case where people get burnt. There is no case for cremation for the obedient believer. Even when Moses died, when God says, I don't want y'all to find Moses' body. Y'all will worship his body. What is the best way to make sure that Moses' body will never be found? Cremate it, ah. Cast it into the sea. Let like it all just fly around. No one can find Moses' body anymore. But God did not do that. God personally listened carefully. God did not personally burn up Moses' body to make sure there's no trace of him. God personally buried, buried Moses. In every case of burning, even for the believer, it's God's judgment. All right? So we don't believe in voluntarily cremating a body. If you, get, if you die in a fire, that's different, right? <laughs> I, I make sure that I don't die in a fire uh, because I'm a member. <laughs> if you die in a fire, you die in a fire. So please know that. Don't get angry at the church as well. You should... Follow the Bible. Paul say, in life or in death, my body is to glorify God. You do not let your body be cremated. Alright? In life or in death. You can't say, when I died, died, died already. Paul says very clearly, in life or in death. Now, next. Christian funeral is to be conducted only for born again believers. I'm just highlighting some things. Because these are the often misunderstood things. But even as members, most members ignore it. Christian funeral will only be conducted only for born-again believers. We are not saying we do not conduct funerals for non-believers. We are saying Christian funerals are conducted for born-again believers only. Means we will conduct a funeral. If it's an unbeliever, we'll conduct a funeral. But we won't treat the person like a born-again believer and, and conduct a Christian funeral. We'll conduct a normal funeral. The funeral is always for the living. It's to reach the unbelievers. So we will conduct that, but we are not gonna say Christian things about your deceased loved one. So please, when your family member dies who's not a believer, we will conduct a funeral if you wish us to. But we will not conduct a funeral in a way like as if you conduct a funeral for a born-again believer, alright? Now, this is a misunderstanding. I don't know. Many people say that or BPCWA does not conduct funeral for unbelievers, and then they go around and say we are unloving. So all sorts of funny understanding, because they never understood the doctrines and the practices. They never bothered to read the the constitution. Now another thing that I want to mention, please know seven point one, we believe in infant baptism. Covered that in great detail already in other bbk and in wcf so if you're not sure please go view that ask if you're not clear now 7.1 baptism the observance of baptism of believers is by sprinkling we practice sprinkling if you want immersion and you insist on immersion we will not do that we believe in sprinkling we covered the reason why already all right we practice sprinkling now and, but I make it clear: just because you were immersed in another church, we are not going to withhold Holy Communion from you if you're a born-again believer. Now, the other thing, it says, infants of one or both the believing parents are to be baptized. Are to be baptized means we believe in infant baptism. We quote the verses there. So we practice, and we be, because we believe infant baptism is a covenantal sign between the parents and God. To not infant baptize is tantamount to say that God, I reject your covenantal family concept, I reject your covenantal claim on my child. Alright? So we believe in infant baptism. Why is it so important? Why is it so important that our doctrines and practice of this is clear and you subscribe to it? Because to serve, cooperate in unity of hearts and mind and purpose all these things I remember when I first came to the church where Constitution don't tell people don't tell people what to believe anyone want to believe whatever just come be member anytime whatever your beliefs what is the problem when I first came I was preaching on Moses failing to circumcise his child and then I explained the doctrine of infant, uh, infant baptism in the New Testament in the first few weeks or months that I was here. A person wrote a very a member wrote a very long email to me and said this please do not teach infant baptism in this church. We and the elder do not believe in it. Please do not teach this. I say hang on. Constitution 7.1 says members believe that infants of one or both the believing parents are to be baptized. What do you mean this church don't believe in it? You personally don't believe in it. The church, being Bible Presbyterian in constitution, believes in it. So you see, what will happen? You can't serve together. There are quarrels, there are unhappiness, they are back and forth. So, as a member, if you don't believe, do not be a member. We'll talk about that later on next week, God willing. If you don't believe, you say, Oh, I didn't know that, you know. I'm a member now, but I actually don't believe. What should you do? We'll talk about that next week. So, understand this. We believe in infant baptism. We practice it. Now, some other things. These are for those who are not um, PR in, in Australia yet. Um, 8.1, I want to highlight, for example, communicant members. What are communicant members? Now this is how you become a member And you must agree to the process Persons who can satisfy the Board of Elders As, as to their Christian faith, knowledge and manner of life And who have been baptised Or have affirmed their Christian faith Or transferred from another BP church Or another Bible-believing church And agree with the church's doctrine And statement on separation Shall be a communicant member What is saying that The Board will interview you The Board will decide you cannot say that as long as I want to be a member, you must take me in Some people have this concept No, we will, we will check, we will interview a few things Your Christian faith, your knowledge, your manner of life, your agreement to the beliefs and the practices of this church So you will be interviewed, you will be checked They shall be eligible to vote at congregational meetings provided they are 16 years and above Who's below 16 years old and a member in this church? Don't have, huh? Before that, there were. Huh? For example, like Shen Wei. right? So, it is explained to you, if you are not 16, please don't say, I'm a member, I want to vote. You cannot vote. all right? So, understand all these things. Sometimes parents may get angry. I want my child to be present, I want my child to be voting. It's not possible. Now, next one. What about associate members? Now if it's all the same process, but if you're not a PR if you're not at least a PR, we are not going to stop you from being baptised. We are not going to stop you from being a member of this church if you've gone through BBK and satisfy all the requirements. We are not going to stop you. But you cannot be a full member, a full communicant member. You are only an associate member because the government requires that. The government does not allow non-residents, non-permanent residents, minimally, to be voting people in an association in this country. All right? So understand that. So all these things you must know. Uh, Some practices. 4.2.7. Please know we believe in pre-millennial eschatology. Presbyterians, I've said many times, believe typically in our meal Bible Presbyterians, we believe in pre-meal so one one person who wanted to join made it very clear, I don't believe in pre-meal I'm a Presbyterian I believe in our meal should we take him in? no if you take him in, there will be chaos I never forget one case in a church where there was a lot of problems because a member made it very clear about his beliefs And those beliefs were contrary to the church's beliefs But because the pastor just, uh, whatever, you know, just join, just join. After the person joined, because he's a member now, teachers was allowed to teach Not simply because he's a member. Not all members can teach, alright? But he was allowed to teach. And when he taught, he taught his beliefs that were contrary to the church beliefs. And when called up, you know what this person said? You knew that I did not agree with your church beliefs. You knew. I made it clear to you. But you received me as a member still. When you do that, I am assuming in my mind that you are okay you are okay with my beliefs, and you're okay for me to spread these beliefs. by the fact that you admitted me to church membership, you know the chaos that happened? Do you understand why it needs to be tightly regulated? Four: cooperation, unity, harmony. Make sure there's no impartiality. Why can he teach? Why can she teach? Why not I? Because your beliefs. Because of your beliefs We will never Betray the trust Of church members When a church person Comes into this church To worship The person sees Bible Presbyterian They know In their mind What it is They bring their children here You betray the, You betray these people When you let people teach Things that are contrary To the Bible Presbyterian faith You betray Their trust in your church we cannot let that happen. So please understand that. All right? So believe in premi now. remember there are three distinctives we covered in BBK chapter. Three distinctives. What's the first one? Um, Brenda. Three distinctives of why we are Bible Presbyterians. Total abstinence. We also covered a whole series on this in detail watch the video if you still struggle with that talk to me all right we believe in total abstinence same one person wanted to join membership submit the forms and everything and interview say so, i don't believe that the wine that jesus turned the water that jesus turned into wine that wine was non alcoholic i don't believe in that to me thank you very much you know until you sort that out then you be a member believe in total abstinence that is why the boat the, the BP Movement started. One of the reasons What's another one? Uh, Sujin Or Shunning uh, Ask you Sun Shunning uh, um, Very good We support missionaries Not we must support eh? Not we must support We do support Missionaries That are non-Presbyterians But the condition is they they believe in biblical separation and they practice it, all right. So if there are such, we feel that there's a need. We will support. But it doesn't mean that our priority. We must purposely go and look for Baptist Methodist missionary to support. We are not saying that. We're just simply saying if there are, we will. The third one. The third one. Uh, Ichung or Vincent. Eschatology I already mentioned pre meal. So please know if you want to be a member The distinctives must be clear in your heart You'll be asked That's a very big hint And in here, make sure you read, you agree, you believe in it Now, what are things that non-members are allowed to do? Because sometimes people come And then they say, oh, you know, this church is so strict if you're non-member, you cannot do anything You cannot serve God at all in this church It's a misunderstanding it's, a, it's not true We welcome people to come and worship with us Even if you struggle with some of the beliefs While you're learning, we welcome you to worship with us Just don't cause any disruption, discord Can you serve? Now, some of the things that we have non-members at this stage serving for example, background ministries like kitchen ministry. Now we even our oh, transport ministry. Choir. If you are not a member, you can join the choir. But we will interview and make sure you are a saved person. A saved person. Born-again believer. Alright? Now these these things, but we will not let non-members be in any teaching, facilitating committee positions, especially committee lead. Any chairing leading position. No chairing. Why? Why do you think so? Uh Ichung, why? Because Correct. That is, if you are not a member, the assumption is you have not come to agreement with the beliefs yet or you're in the midst of it, sorting those things out. Teaching, facilitating, Bible studies, committee now teaching and facilitating in Sunday school, for example. These are positions where you have influence in the beliefs of the people hearing. That is what we cannot. Understand that Committees make decisions That's why we cannot Not that we are unloving Chairing Chairing for a person to chair It means that we see you as someone that will pray, lead, say things Consistent with the church's beliefs and practices Alright, So these prominent, especially influential roles No, no Please understand Alright Can you change the beliefs The doctrinal beliefs and practices of a church As a kitchen person As a choir member You sing what we tell you to sing You sing how we tell you to sing Right? So those are all right So please understand that We welcome you To serve in in these areas Alright? So these are some key areas now But there's one area that The constitution spends much time on A big section on That you must Settle in your heart What is that? Eugene? What is that section? Big section That I haven't covered yet uh, covenant. Not the covenant. Covenant. Huh? covenant Not so much the governing uh, Who remembers? Ellen? Biblical separation. Biblical separation Biblical separation is a whole section by itself You must subscribe to this You must agree to it What does it mean? We cover that next week. All right, let's turn to God in prayer.